new Christians, joyful sharing, praising God. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible, Glitter and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. It's so good of you to join us again today as we open our New Testaments and continue in our study of the book of Acts. David, we're going to be talking about the church again, and I have to say, it's one of my favorite subjects. Mine too. Our families have long histories in churches. I think your parents met because of their involvement at church, and my parents met at the church building out in Texas, and you and I even met in a Bible class at church. So we have a, a long, good history with the church, and I've been a part of a number of congregations and small churches and large churches. I have so many good memories. Churches are not perfect. I know none of the churches I've been a part of were perfect. I was a member there, so I can say for sure that they were not perfect. I was there. But the church has always been there for me. And I've had some of my best moments with God in church, in studying together with people, listening to great sermons, just a lot of good memories. How about you, David? Yeah, there's a lot of good memories. Church has always been special. Thinking about all the different churches that I've been part of, we've been part of. For me, church is important because it's the place where I can belong, and that's really important to me. A place where I'm respected, I'm wanted, I'm needed, I'm loved, and where I get the opportunity to participate in other people's lives, to use my gifts, and for people to appreciate that. I love the church. A lot of the things we've been involved in in our lives, a Bible college, a ministry, preaching in local congregations for you, all of those things have taken commitment by churches and support by churches. So I just have such an appreciation. But here in the book of Acts, we get to read about the beginning of the church. Well, Mary, our conversation today is going to be from Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And this is at the end of chapter 2 of Acts. We've had the day of Pentecost where Peter preached this first powerful sermon about Jesus and his resurrection. And 3,000 people responded and came together to form the church. This is the birthday of the church. And these verses here give us a glimpse into the life of the early church. It's an exciting time, a time filled with love and devotion and a togetherness. It's a shorter text, so we can read this. And I'll read verse 42, and Mary, you can read verse 43 through verse 47. They spent their time learning the apostles' teaching, and they continued to share, to break bread, and to pray together. The apostles were doing many miracles and signs, and everyone felt great respect for God. All the believers stayed together. They shared everything. They sold their land and the things they owned. Then they divided the money and gave it to those people who needed it. 
the believers met together in the temple every day. They all had the same purpose. They broke bread in their homes, happy to share their food with joyful hearts. They praised God, and all the people liked them. More and more people were being saved every day. The Lord was adding those people to the group of believers. Well, that's exciting. These people, they are rejoicing because of the forgiveness they've received and the spirit that they've received. And this is a result of the spirit that was poured out on Pentecost. We have now a community of believers who are they're totally committed to following Jesus, and they're totally committed to one another. They have this new life. What joy must have just permeated that whole city as all of these joyful people were together, thinking, what's the future hold? It looks so good from here. Luke summarizes the way they spent time together and what they were doing. He says that they were learning the apostles' teaching. They were spending time together, continuing to share together, to break bread, to pray together. There's four areas that I think we need to talk about. And what is that apostles' teaching? What does that mean when you read that? The apostles' teaching probably included Jesus' own teaching. You know, they were with Jesus, and they heard Jesus speak, and they knew what he said, and so they were just passing on the teaching of Jesus. But also it probably included teaching about Jesus, because they were witnesses of what Jesus did and what he said. And so they talked about the stories of Jesus from their own experiences. And it's from the apostles and other eyewitnesses that became the basis for the material that was later written down to become our four Gospels. And these would have been people that had been brought up learning the Scripture. These were Jews that had come for the feasts and and for the day of Pentecost. These are people that would have known the Old Testament Scripture from when they were very young. This apostle's teaching was a new revelation, a, a new teaching, and that would have been exciting. And yeah, they were spending their time together listening to the apostles teach about Jesus because they want to know more and more about Jesus. They want to know how they can better follow him to be more faithful as a follower of Jesus. Well, the idea that they, like I said, would have known their scripture. Can you imagine it would have been common, David, I think, for people to say, oh, like a lot of these Old Testament teachings that they knew from when they were children, the apostles were sharing about Jesus. That would have filled in so many blanks and a lot of those prophecies and uh, teachings that they would have just said, oh, now we understand what that means. It must have been a spiritual high at that time. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Those aha moments are so important. They really are. But, you know, something I learned from this is that a follower of Jesus would want to learn about Jesus. They would want to take advantage of opportunities to learn more about Jesus, to learn who he is what he did, what he's up to, and how to live the life of Jesus. Well, then and now, 
I think anyone listening to this podcast has probably got some sort of interest in learning more from God's Word. I know you and I do. That's why we we do sit and do this, because it is. It's just wonderful to read, and sometimes something you've read over and over, and for the first time, it clicks, and it makes sense, or, or there's a deeper meaning or another facet. Learning from God's Word, learning the Scripture, is a beautiful thing. It's a blessing. It's a great blessing. Yeah, a healthy church is a church that spends time learning about Jesus, spends time together in listening to the apostles through the Scripture. It spends time studying the Scripture together. And studying the Scripture is not an end in itself. It's learning the Scripture so that we can come to see Jesus and to know more about Jesus and to follow Jesus. Well, all of these people were coming together to listen to. It sounds like they were not just like in some big church building. Well, obviously they weren't. There was no such thing yet. But they gathered at the temple. They gathered in homes. They were just together in all these different situations, learning. And then also it says spending time together. Yeah. A second thing these early followers of Jesus were devoted to was being together. That word there is the word fellowship, or in the Greek it's koinonia. And the word koinonia has a range of meanings. It means to partner with. It means to share together. These early followers of Jesus were spending time together, enjoying one another, sharing together. They were sharing their life. They were sharing their time. They were sharing their possessions. They wanted to be together. And when you're together with other like-minded people, it gives you an opportunity to encourage and to be encouraged. People who are together can help one another. They can help one another to be strong, to stay faithful to their commitment to Jesus in all these areas. Well, that togetherness is captured in verse 42. And then verses 43 through 47, it seems to me like it adds more detail. There were so many things they did together. First of all, they were of the same mind, but they stayed together. They shared everything. I think you've already mentioned a lot of these, but this idea of craving time together. And in a way, I look at these verses and I almost see this as the honeymoon. This is the honeymoon time of the church. It's new. The people are all sharing and loving each other. They are starting a new life. Life has a new meaning. And it even says they're popular. You know, the people liked them. Everything was good. And it's as if these verses are that beautiful honeymoon. And the rest of Acts lives out what it means to live out that whole Christian life. It's like the marriage. There'll be ups and downs. There'll be a lot of trials. There'll even be persecution. Christians won't always get along together. There are lots of things coming. But in these verses, isn't it a beautiful thought? It's the kind of church that I think all of us crave. Yeah. And the third thing that Luke tells us about these early followers of Jesus is they spent time together breaking bread. Now, literally, it 
he says, breaking the bread. And it's difficult to know for certain, but it appears that this is a reference to the Lord's Supper. It could just be a reference to eating together, but he does talk about eating together a little bit later. While they were fellowshipping together, they were remembering Jesus together. You see, the Lord's Supper is not just an individual thing that we do. It's between us and God. It's something that the church does together. The church remembers Jesus together because the church shares in the life of Jesus together. The church all has been rescued by Jesus together. The church has its hope in Jesus together. So it's something that's done together. In eating, whether it's just a meal or the special meal of the Lord's Supper, Eating together is important because in the Greco-Roman world, eating together was a sign of unity, solidarity, a sign of friendship and love, and it's a sign of commitment to one another. And it was saying that I accept you and I respect you and I'm committed to you. Sharing of the Lord's Supper was saying all of this. In remembering Jesus, they were expressing their love and devotion to one another. Well, it makes perfect sense to me that while they're talking about Jesus, while the apostles are teaching about Jesus and everyone is learning, they're drawn to him and they have just entered into this new relationship with him and a new relationship with those around them. They are part of a a new age, a new group. Here they are part of something new. And the last thing that Luke mentions is that these followers of Jesus spent time together praying together. They probably prayed for one another. They probably prayed to God to bless them with spiritual growth and vitality. They probably prayed that they may be able to tell others about Jesus. I'm sure they would have thanked God for Jesus, for their renewal as God's people, for their blessings. I would love to have been there to hear what they prayed for. You know, another thing about a a healthy church is a church that prays together. So those are four things that Luke mentions of the ways that these early believers were together and what they did when they were together. They wanted to know about Jesus. They listened to the apostles teach about Jesus. They shared their lives together. They were generous to one another. They, They broke bread. They ate. They shared the Lord's Supper. They remembered Jesus together, and they prayed together. This was an exciting time for the church. And really, this was an unusual time, wouldn't you say? This is the beginning days. Most of the people there, I'm guessing, didn't actually live in Jerusalem because a lot of people had come. The Jews had come for the feast. And so the city of Jerusalem swelled with people. So we have all these people that heard an earlier In chapter 2, we learn that they heard the gospel in their own language. So these are people from a lot of different places. Kind of makes sense to me that the people there in Jerusalem were helping to house these people, take care of them. So all of these new things that they were learning and the teachings about Jesus and the baptisms and all of this time together to stay together— arrangements had to be made in just a practical sense. So I would say that's probably why some of those people were selling things to have enough money to to support all of the visitors, all of the extra people. 
Yeah. Thank you, right. And and this is one of the marks of God's people is a spirit of generosity, and they were willing to do that. And this is just another example of them sharing together, sharing their possessions together. Not only sharing, it, it says in verses 46 and onwards, it talks about they had the same purpose, and they were happy to share their food with joyful hearts. This was not a begrudging, oh, these people have shown up on my doorstep. I got to take care of them. It was sort of, oh, please stay, stay. Let's be together. Let's learn more. They, they were so happy to be together. These were people with a great spirit of love and unity and compassion and generosity. And as you've just mentioned, and joy. And all of these qualities are characteristics of God's people. And that showed, because like it says in the last verse here, in verse 47, they were praising God, but more and more people were being saved every day. The Lord was adding those people to the group of believers. So people were drawn to that. It reminds me of what John recorded, Jesus's words, that people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. That's the situation here. People knew this is genuine. This is real. This is exciting. This was a wonderful time in the life of the church. It was. So, Mary, what can you do to help children relate to this and experience these truths that we've talked about in these verses? Well, this is a joyful time. I hope I can share that with children as I'm talking about the church. I think one of the common things that children have in their mind, and maybe even some adults, is the idea of the church is a building. I'm going to go to church, and that just means I'm going to drive in my car, and I'm going to arrive at this building, and it's got the name church on it, and so that's the church. And that doesn't capture what the church is. In fact, when we read these verses, did we read anywhere about assembling at a church building? They were just meeting at places that were already there, the temple. They were meeting in each other's homes. It doesn't say anything about them building a church building. I know when I was growing up, we were corrected. If we said we were going to church, my parents would say, we're going to the church building. They would correct us. It's just a building because the church is the people. It is the collection, the assembly of people that have been saved. Those are the ones that God has added to the church. When Christians come together, they're the church. And I think that's really important for children to understand. I actually have an exercise. It is one that makes children gasp. I have a few of those, actually, but I get a poster board or a large piece of paper, and I draw an outline of a church building. It's just a building with a steeple on it. We all know what comes to mind as a church. So I draw that, don't say a lot about it, and I ask the children to put inside that church building all the Christians that they know. And so they will do 
pictures, sometimes just stick figures or happy faces, and it's fun. They start thinking of all the people and naming them. Sometimes we get the church directory out in case we've forgotten someone. We draw all of these people inside the church building. And in this case, I'm really encouraging them to stay in the line, stay inside that building. Because what I'll do then is I'll take a pair of scissors and I cut off the edges of that picture. I don't cut, of course, the people, but I cut the outline of a church building and I just cut it away. And the children are a bit disturbed by this, actually. It's like, you're cutting our church. And then I do want them to think in that way, because then I'll say, okay, what do we have left? All that's left is the people, because I've cut away the building. And I'll say, now, if the church building needed repairs and the people decided to meet at the park instead, would it still be the church? Yeah. If the church decided to meet at the beach, would it still be the church? Yes. In the same way, if your family went to a restaurant to eat instead of your house, would it still be your family? Yes, because it's not about these places or these buildings. It's the people. I just think that's a fun way for children to start thinking about the church and that it's the people of God. Yeah, I like that. Anytime I can get children to participate in the activities of the church, I think it's great. Really, in Acts 2, we've read all of these activities of the church, what they did together, praying together, eating together, listening to teaching together, having the children think about what does our church do? What are the activities of our church and how can we do it together? So if I can have the children help prepare the Lord's Supper one Sunday, or if we can invite someone to our class and talk about why they come to our church— Anything the children can do to participate in the life of the church, that's a great thing to do. I'll just have one last craft, because a lot of people like to do crafts. Older children would probably like this, is to take photographs of the church doing things. Maybe at the next fellowship meal, the preacher preaching, a picture of someone taking the Lord's Supper, singing, eating together, and then put together a little slideshow and show the class what the life of the church is like. What does our church do? I think that would be a fun activity. Yeah, I think it sounds good. And I'll just throw one more in for free, David. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have children, when I help in classes right now, there are a couple of children every time that want to sing. There's a song, Building Up the Temple. And, of course, you might think of Old Testament temple, but actually... In the New Testament, we read that the church is like part of God's spiritual temple, that we are like stones in that building, this spiritual temple. So when those children want to sing, building up the temple, that actually fits really well with the church. But I could have a lot more fun activities, David. Let's hear about the fun in the adult class. Right. I have three things to mention today. Well, since this is a shorter text you can challenge the class to memorize these verses. Or possibly as an alternative, just memorize verse 42. And then, of course, you can challenge several people to recite these verses in the class. And if you would like, it's up to you to 
reward people for their work in memorization. I think memorizing scripture is always a good practice. And a second thing you can do is you can print out this text of scripture and give to each member of the class and then ask each member of the class to circle all the words and phrases that denote groups, such as, you know, they spent time together or everyone felt great respect or all believers stayed together and et cetera, et cetera. And then you can follow up with the question, well, how many of these describe your class or describe your congregation that you're part of? And then the third thing is in the class, ask the class to brainstorm together ways that your class can be more devoted to these four things that are mentioned in verse 42. And be creative. What can you do to make your gatherings or your fellowship time more meaningful, richer, times where you grow more spiritually or deeper? What can you do as a class to make each member of the class to feel special and loved and valued? Brainstorm on how you can do that. Let me give you an example. One thing to make prayer more meaningful, because that's one of the things that they did together is pray together, is pray at the beginning of class, pray during the middle of class, and pray at the end of class. And one prayer can be focused just on thanking God and praising God. Another prayer can be focused on just praying for spiritual growth among your class members. And then the other prayer can just be a prayer on the needs of the class members. And when you come together, make it a habit to eat together. Now, you may not be in a context where you can eat a meal together, like if you're at a class on a Sunday or something, but at least provide some kind of refreshment together. And maybe always include bread that the class leader or the class teacher will break at the start of the meal. And that would be signifying fellowship and unity, friendship, togetherness. So those are three things that I think can make your class more meaningful and more interesting. Those sound really good, David. Very interactive. I love that. I think the church gets a bad rap sometimes. We live in such an individualistic time. People are almost shopping for a church, a church that's going to meet my needs or a church that's going to give me this or that. But here we find the church is born from salvation, from people accepting Jesus, and they're added to the church. It's important. It sets people up for life. And I think as we teach people, I know as I teach children, and I kind of think you feel the same thing with adults, it's hard to face life alone. It's hard to be on our own. Yeah. And we weren't meant to be. We weren't meant to live this Christian life as a solo We are meant to be with other believers who can help us and encourage us. And I don't know about you, but this is such a good reminder of the beautiful things about the church. I want to share that with the children I teach. Yes, and I want to share that with the adults that I teach. And may God bless you as you speak into the lives of adults and children. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's word with children.